In this edition of Meta Memory, we look at a new book called Memory Unbound and an introduction to the book by Lucy Bond, Steph Kraps, and Peter Vermillion called Memory on the Move. This chapter seconds the idea of traveling memory, something unstuck from its point of origin. What I would like to do is try to put the chapter in more plain language, because it seems to me that one of the things that is needed in memory studies and history generally is an acknowledgement that regular people, regular readers, not just scholars, need to understand these things. They need to understand things like memory study. And over the last 40, 50, 60 years, scholars have written for other scholars, not for the general public. And it seems to me that we are in a world today where regular people, regular readers, need to be brought into the conversation. One of the reasons that we have the mess we have now in our political system worldwide is because common people don't know what's going on at the level of uh, scholars, frankly. And this is something that has been commented on by some memory scholars, but it hasn't received the attention that it deserves. So I think if we want to uh, change the world as historians or sociologists or whatever, we need to get the message across to more people. And just uh, keeping all of this insight among a small group of people is a recipe for disaster and that's what we have now. Uh, it almost, it's almost like our work is something that penetrates the consciousness of very, very few people. And it's almost like it makes no difference at all. But getting back to this introduction, it seconds the idea of traveling memory, something unstuck from its point of origins. Memory has usually been seen as something connected to nation-states, to sites, memorials, that sort of thing. But it is now seen to be more of a process than a thing. It travels in four senses. It travels across national borders. It travels internationally and globally, that is. Second, it travels between different media forms. Maybe a song, maybe a movie, maybe something else, maybe a podcast. It travels between generations. And it travels between historical topics, such as the Holocaust, and how the Holocaust informs the memory of historical events that are not directly related to the Holocaust. And finally, it travels between a multiplicity of disciplines. So in all these ways, um, memory is permeable, memory is fluid, it doesn't sit still for its portrait, as one writer put it. These different forms of memory, in turn, influence each other. As media changes, the form of memory it can be, that can be absorbed or digested, as media changes, the form of memory that can be absorbed or digested by different generations also changes. And it's best to discuss all four forms of memory together. Now, Memory Unbound, the title of the book, acknowledges the continuation of local attachments with other allegiances. That is, national memory and local memory 
is still important. 9-11 and the memory of 9-11 suggest the continuing salience of the nation as a focus for memory. Federal funding for memorials and commemoration obviously props up the national memory as well. But a geopolitical community crossing national borders now exists, a kind of citizenry of the world, which has formed its own memories, committed to Bergangen Heitzbeveltegang, or coming to terms with the past and a fidelity to an international human rights regime, which has now been seen as essential for any number of intergovernmental organizations to subscribe to if they are going to get nations to join their groups or join their IGOs. The words used to describe these forms of memory range from cosmopolitan to multidirectional, traveling memory, and global memory. The attention is shifting from sites and monuments to technological modes of communication and transmission of memories. So the modes of transmission are becoming as important in the eyes of scholars as the source of memory or the vehicle which used to be the transmitter of memory, sites and monuments. Memories now become communications for discordant groups to embrace to promote their own particular interests rather than a competition or a zero-sum game. That is, it used to be seen that if the Holocaust is remembered, then slavery is not going to be remembered or vice versa. But the Holocaust can be a useful device to transmit information about the memory of slavery, for example. And this point is, is constantly made by such scholars as Astrid Earle, Michael Rothberg, Daniel Levy, and Nathan Schneider. While they see memory as empathic and inclusive or multidirectional, one wonders whether the groups that they examine see it the same way. I'm thinking that groups are still thinking that their particular memories should take precedence over other groups' memory. And, for example, uh, groups not directly related to the Holocaust may see some competition there. Uh, scholars may see it one way, and the groups may see it another way. Then the chapter issues a warning. It argues that there is a trauma economy which privileges the memory of certain in-groups and reads out of the picture groups without power or privilege. These are presumably institutions that have power structures of some sort, and they can decide which groups get attention and which groups do not. There are contests between the latter and the more democratic, from-the-bottom-up sources of memory. Again, the local and the national remain well-financed sources of institutional memory. But there are new kids on the block, new sources of memory. The essay then discusses how these themes are articulated 
in the individual essays by specific authors who are identified and included in the book. I will stop here because the overarching themes of the chapter and the book have been described in this podcast, at least some of them, and have been described to the best of my ability. And a discussion of the individual articles seems more fitting as the subject of another podcast. We'll be back after the break. Metamemory is a podcast series which consists of at least one new podcast each month reflecting on the current state of memory studies. To promote this podcast series, I have a contest for a chance to win one Kindle copy of The Tunnels, a story of East Germans escaping to the West in 1962 and the Kennedy administration's effort to thwart media efforts to cover this drama. It's a fascinating true story written by Greg Mitchell. If you go to my Twitter feed, at Memory Through Media, that's at Memory, T-H-R-U, Media, you can follow a link that I've posted there to enter an Amazon giveaway link for a chance to win this one copy. The contest is open f- through February the 6th, 2017. In the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please leave your comments at metamemory on soundcloud.com, where you can subscribe to past and future episodes of Meta Memory. Have a great month and happy remembering. Thank you.